2: All right, so as you'll hear near the end of the episode here, or maybe you've even heard from the emergency show that we've already podcasted as well, uh, the Vancouver Canucks traded Luke Shen directly after our episode finished, literally within a minute of us wrapping up the episode. So we did go live, check out the emergency show there. We were joined by Jay Rosehill of Leafs Morning Take to dive into that as well. But I'm recording this now, about to insert into the episode. It is 2.51 p.m., 2.52 p.m. right now just changed on me there uh so let's get to our normal episode here lots to talk about thatcher demko josh bloom uh as well as some jt miller rumors this might be a little bit of a dated episode real quick but still a lot of good other chat in there and we'll pump out some more content for you as well if anything else breaks so with that being said let's send it over to wise young blood and let them dive in for our intro music hit it boys can you see it did you but the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser in with a shot he scores!
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
2: Just wave the guy and get Dempco involved. I wanted to in a downtown guy. Wow, really? we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on! I want
0: to fist bump you right now.
1: Thurl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores.
0: Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com, Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. They also have a retail location in Surrey, so be sure to go check that out. If you use the website though, uh, free shipping, Canada-wide on any order. Over $50 My name is Dave Quadrelli, I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber Our technical producer today, as always, is Alex Allard And Chris and I were in a Who Can Dress Better competition today I busted out my bow tie, uh, and Chris, you, you're wearing your, your Sunday best, I'd say
2: Yeah, this is my church clothes right here <laughs> When's the last time you went to church? Um, Probably when I was 11, 11 or so all right. Maybe 12. And your clothes still fit you. Yeah.
0: Clothes still fit you. Well, oh I, I had
2: that. I it was pretty early getting my growth spree or growth spurt. What's it called? Growth spree. Growth spurt. Growth spurt. Yeah, I got an early spurt. growth spurt. Spurt. Yeah, I've been spurting uh, since I was 12. So <laughs> now I'm... Uh, yeah, same same clothes. I actually... The only shirt I own, and I think I, uh, I have it tucked away because I can't wear it anymore. The only shirt I've owned for like 20 plus years and has fit me since I was like 10 years old... Is a Toronto Blue Jays back-to-back World Series champion shirt, 1993 or 1994, one of those years, and that's the the shirt's that old. It's from that time. Still got it. Wore it to the mill a bunch. There's a bunch of holes in it, but I got it tucked away in storage somewhere. It's a beautiful shirt. Back-to-back uh, World Series champs, Toronto Blue Jays.
0: I'm just realizing now this jacket doesn't fit uh, like it used to, but no no more time for to talk what about reason? Our clothes, you pa- packing them uh, on or getting skinnier? <laughs> I don't know. Uh it definitely is a little tighter. That's all I'll say. But uh no no more time to talk about our outfits here because we've got a lot going on and we were well, I was freaking out before the show. You're telling me, oh, don't worry, I talked to Elias Peterson, uh, not that Elias Peterson, and I talked to Lucas Forcell. So you'll have a prospect update later in the show. But first, we begrudgingly have to talk once again about jt miller this morning and alex i don't know if we have the tweet if we can throw it up there uh this morning shana goldman shana goldman of the athletic tweeted out um that league sources believe the canucks have at least one sizable deal in the works by the deadline with the weight due to cap management and space brokering we'll see if it's miller or someone else okay so we have that information and then there was this other article uh, in the pittsburgh post gazette i think it's called um Basically, a report out of Pittsburgh that the Canucks and Penguins have talked uh, Miller. Now, that report stated that the talks had kind of hit a snag. Uh, so you combine that with Shane's reporting here, then you combine it with the news at eleven o'clock uh, Pacific time that the, Canu- the Canucks that the Penguins had placed Mark Friedman and more importantly uh, Brock McGinn on uh, on waivers, creating. I think 1.2 million in cap space is what it came out to be, uh, with the potential to go to 5.7 um, if McGinn is claimed. So that's what we're working with right now, Chris. I'll let you talk a bit as I get everything in a row here.
2: Yeah, let's get the uh, the Matt Venzel article up here, the one you're talking about uh, from Pittsburgh here. Uh, just just the way I was looking at, it, reported by him. You mentioned from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Uh, just going to read a little bit from the article. For one of the sources, trade talks between the Penguins and Canucks reach an impasse, but they could be revisited prior to Friday's trade deadline. Uh, sounds like the Penguins are pretty active in the market. Uh, Matt also reported Jacob Chitrin being another player that they were in on. And you mentioned it, the cap space, uh, it's starting to make sense here. I don't know. There's a lot going on, man. We, um, You know what? Let's hear from Frank about it, too. Frank Saravelli had another report. Uh, let's play this video real quick of Frank Saravelli, then we'll dive into this. Because, yeah, its it just feels like it's another week. And another JT Miller rumor, but uh, a lot of things can be put together on this one to make it look uh, somewhat plausible. Let's uh, let's see the video here, uh, Franks Air Valley uh, earlier today with our buddy uh, Tyler Uremchuk over there. Uh, that's one of the good oily boys uh, from Daily Faceoff. Let's hear from uh, from Frank his take on the JT Miller.
3: JT Miller. Let's hit the Vancouver Canucks. His name has been out there a bit in the last few days. Uh, He is also, according to the team, week to week with an injury, but I did see a report yesterday that was from his agent that said he's only expected to miss about a week. So the question is, is JT Miller in play? I'll tell you the answer is yes, but with a caveat, and that is that the Vancouver Canucks have been active in talks in the last week. They're trying to find an NHL-ready younger center that could potentially take the place of Miller in their lineup. And if they can do that, then it would make it a lot easier to trade JT Miller. There's a lot of things that would have to happen in order for that to happen. So I would say that it is rather unlikely that JT Miller ends up being on the move before Friday at 3 p.m. If he's going to go at all before his no trade clause kicks in on July 1, I'd expect it to be in the summer.
0: Okay, so there's a few things here. Right? And, and I want to go back to what I just said about the Penguins uh, and clearing their cap space. So right now, at the time of this recording, Tuesday morning, they have 475000 in projected cap space, which fits uh, $2.1 annual cap hit at the deadline. This is from Puckpedia, by the way. I'm just reading this tweet. Uh, if McGinn and Friedman clear waivers and are sent down, they can fit a $4 million annual cap hit at the deadline. If McGinn's claimed and Friedman's down, remember Friedman is under a million, so his entire cap hit gets buried in the minors. Uh, McGinn, not the same story. If McGinn is claimed and Friedman down or claimed, the Penguins can fit a $5.7 million annual cap hit at the deadline. Now, again, I don't want to start talking too much about these rumors because I think Canucks fans have had their hopes up uh, more than enough when it comes to JT Miller, but look... Uh, Adding in with what Shayna reported, Cam Robinson of Elite Prospects also jumped in and kind of, you know, threw in his little uh, piece of the puzzle. And what he said is similar to what has been reported by Shayna. I'm hearing from leak sources that Vancouver is indeed setting itself up to make a substantial move ahead of Friday's deadline. It appears Miller's name is out there. Nothing has been finalized at this time so folks again we're recording this on tuesday uh i i even said to you chris i was like it doesn't even make sense to record today something's gonna happen before friday and that's gonna be a big show um but we have to talk about it there's there's some smoke here it seems like there there's some smoke here uh with jt miller
2: yep i feel like there's been smoke for a long time and it'd be interesting to see uh if something actually comes to fruition here i mean this is uh an extremely interesting situation playing out here where a lot of rumors are coming out but hey Sometimes rumors are just rumors. A lot of the times, they lead to nothing. But uh, we will see what happens. The weird thing is to see such a consistent theme being brought up here of, you know, Canucks looking to make a big move. JT Miller's name kind of thrown around in a couple of different reports here. Yeah, I mean, uh, tell you what, whatever they, you know, there's I'm, I'm looking through the Pittsburgh pipeline right now. Not a lot of centers that are great options. You got Tristan Bros out of the University of Denver. Like he's not a, a top tier center prospect. Uh, Philip Hollander in the AHL, not another, you know, I don't even think he's a center. Uh, They just, they don't have a lot of center prospects there to kind of go with. It doesn't feel like they have anybody on their roster they're looking to move. So the report from Frank a little bit earlier that we just played was like him saying that the Canucks need a young center coming back or that's what they're looking for at least in the trade. I man, I don't know if you if you're really trading JT Miller, I don't think it's so much about the return. It's really about the direction of your team moving forward. Like it to me the return really doesn't matter as much as the change of direction that this organization would be going through. So, I I don't think it needs to be a center prospect or a right D prospect. It's more just about making that decision and then making other decisions built off of that to find you a center. Like, is it draft picks that goes out and gets you a center? Is it a prospect that you want to develop? That's a defenseman. Like there's a lot of options that way to go. I don't think it needs to be something that, uh, that you just have to acquire in a trade for JT Miller. It feels like you can build around with the added cap space that you're about to have. Hopefully some draft picks coming back in a trade feels like that is the main thing that you should use to actually address the problem that you have, not necessarily the exact return for JT Miller.
0: Corey Anderson in the YouTube live chat threw out the name Owen Pickering, and I know that's someone you and I both uh, both liked in the draft year last year. As we close out this conversation, Chris, uh, I just want to get this in, because people are wondering, oh, well, he's out week to week, how can the Canucks trade him? Uh, you can trade players that aren't on IR or LTIR. And it also begs the question, and this, again... Not to not to sound too conspiracy theorist or anything here, but it also begs the question of why the Canucks haven't put him on IR or LTIR. We know the Canucks wouldn't want to sit him out for trade related reasons, but his agent Brian Bartlett saying uh, he's going to be out a week or so. The Canucks saying it's week to week, and a lot of this just seems seems strange, especially when you take into account uh, the report I believe Sunday night that report was made that Miller was going to be sitting out for trade related reasons. And then Monday morning, it comes out that he's sitting out for injury reasons. I just, I I don't know, Chris, like something about it does seem fishy and there's definitely smoke. Like, I don't think anybody can deny that there's definitely smoke here, um, which is obviously why we've talked about it and again. It also begs the question, I keep saying again, but it begs the question of, why haven't the Canucks put him on IR, IR or LTIR, right? Like, yeah, how long
2: are they really expecting him to be out? There'd be some short-term uh, cap ramifications there from keeping him off uh, and not having to call up another roster player. So that could be something to do with not doing it, especially if he is just... If it literally is just like he's out for a week, there's not really a huge point of using um, your IR situation in that spot just with how things sure. are going to calculate up here. Like, it, it also makes it like it's a stupid ridiculous thing to deal with LTIR we're like same thing with like uh with Oliver Ekman Larson like I think when you see that come down that's going to change some things as well especially before the deadline here so that might be something that pops up Mate, if that happens it's like okay now there's really cap space being moved around here for the Canucks so this might mean that it's kind of the indication that a trade is actually coming, but yeah, some interesting stuff coming out of Pittsburgh there. Um, they still have their first and second round picks the next three drafts. They have a third round pick as well. The next three drafts, they, they have some options and yeah, this meme, uh, from always sunny, this is, is the way that it's kind of feeling right now about, uh, about putting all the pieces together here of, uh, JT Miller and, and the trade situation. But my question to you quads is like, we heard a lot of smoke last year, right? Or we saw a lot of smoke, whatever you want to say here. Um, at the trade deadline or specifically at the draft, right? Like that was when I think a lot of the heat cranked up around JT Miller. Is this, is this hotter heat than it was at the, at the draft? Do you think? Cause there's a lot of people like actually putting his name out there, you know, along the lines of a big, significant move coming from the Vancouver Canucks. This, this feels to me, you know, temperature wise pretty hot compared to even what we saw at the draft.
0: Uh, it, it is. You're right. It is hot. Um, Is it hotter than what we saw at the draft? I don't think so, because at the draft, you know, it was kind of alluded to and reported that there was an actual deal in place that fell through, right? And I don't think we're anywhere near that yet, based on what we've heard. Could we get there? Yeah. And keep in mind, his extension doesn't kick in until July 1st. So the Canucks can still trade him. That no-move clause does not kick in until July 1st. Um, Again, let's not forget that the Canucks had the option in the offseason to put some trade protection on that on this current final year of his contract. Like you're allowed to do that. Uh, and the two sides decided not to do that. And I'm sure the Miller camp probably would have liked that. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like if I would say that there's more smoke, there's just definitely smoke and it's definitely not going to be the last time with this player. Let's be honest here.
2: Yeah, you got that right. I'm going to take over uh, moving the show here. Cause you haven't looked at the outline. I got a bunch of stuff I want to get to Um Thatcher Demko. Was back between the pipes last night. Uh, I know you're happy to see that, Quads. You like Demko. You want him splitting starts with uh, c loves. You want 60% for c loves, 40% for Demko is your take. Uh, 38 shots he faced last night. Made 34 saves. What do you think about Thatcher Demko last night, Quads, to see him uh, between the pipes for the Canucks again? And before, so, sorry, before you go high. in on this, I don't want you to talk about what this means for the tank. I just want you to give your goalie review here of Thatcher Demko.
0: His post plays really good, uh, as usual. I was very pleased to see that, but I also kind of cringed a little bit. Every time he slammed into a post, I was thinking, geez, that's not good for your lower body. You know what I mean? And especially with a guy who's coming off a lower body injury, the way he was moving, you can tell he's at 100%, which is great. And I think that's all you really wanted. You can absolutely tell that Demko is playing at 100%, which I think is great, but, you know, 15 high danger chances was it uh, last night for the Dallas stars and Demko was really, really good last night. And I should, someone emailed me. I didn't bother responding. So if you listen to the show, this is my response to you. Someone emailed me and said, you reporters are so dumb. Demko wasn't good. Dallas sucked. And Let's be honest here, Dallas definitely came into the game thinking it'd be an easy win, right? Like Dallas didn't have their foot on the gas at all in the first period of that game, but they did. They turned it on later. And Demko was the reason that the Canucks came away with that victory. Um, you know, the Canucks blew two separate two goal leads. That doesn't happen often. And Demko was instrumental in holding it down at the end, right? And don't get me started on Andre Kuzmenko, who of course is the anti tank missile himself, but you know. If Demko plays like this down the stretch, you can kiss your tank goodbye, but you got to split starts. You, you got to go with the split starts. Maybe not sealovs even Delia. You got to split starts. There's no harm in it. You don't need to ride Demko. You're not going to make the playoffs. You don't need any, you don't need any shenanigans right now. Let the guy get his reps in so that he's feeling healthy. Uh, and and ready for next year but you don't need to ride him hard down the stretch let him let him have a good off season where you can come in fully prepared because that was the big thing last year right Chris was he couldn't get fully prepared because he had a late start because he hurt himself down the stretch the Canucks cannot afford to have that happen this year
2: yeah I I agree with a lot of what you said and and specifically the stuff you said at the top there of like you know I wasn't, uh, I wasn't super worried, but I mean, yeah, you saw him, you know, we saw that video that I think JPAT tweeted out from practice where, you know, he goes one way and kind of shakes out the knee a little bit, and I was just kind of watching for that yesterday, but we have the video here, let's play this, uh, Thatcher Demko talking about uh, just having a little bit more confidence in his, uh, just like in his own play, right, it's a tough spot to go right back into an NHL game when you've been out for that long, uh, so let's just hear from Thatcher Demko and we'll, uh, I'll let you react to this one.
0: I, I knew I was good to go coming into the game. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that I, I had that confidence in in my body uh, before I was, you know, fully fully back in the lineup and playing a game. So
1: um, there was definitely no hesitation uh, tonight.
0: I would agree with that. Like, I th- that's one thing you kind of look for, Chris, when a goalie or really anybody, but especially a goalie for me, when they're coming off of injury, a lot of times. You will see them be a little bit timid and a little bit scared, even if they're at 100%, to do the same motion that caused them to get an injury, right? And for Demko, that was a long extension. That's a big part of his game, right? It's a big part of a lot of goaltenders' games, and there was no hesitation from Demko, right? He was all in. Um, It's good to see. It's good to see if you're a fan of the Canucks. Um, you know, obviously, Team Tank, I, I get it, all the implications of that, but I don't want to talk about that right now. Uh, you, you know, we're happy to see that Thatcher Demko's healthy, uh, and that he was able to put it all together last night. You just want some stability, right? Like, you don't need him to steal you games, you just want to see some stability.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, I got a good comment in here from Jesse Town that says, has to be split starts, let Martin and Delia battle in a three goalie rotation, fight for backup job, sure. Like that's a story I can I can buy into, and maybe one of those guys can win you know, the backup job to start the season next year. I think the Canucks, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with their backup position next season. We've heard uh, some reports about them looking to get another veteran guy back there. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it might be a better option to go cheap next year with uh, Spencer Martin. And hey, if it doesn't work out, his contract's up. You don't have to worry about it after that. So uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, a couple other comments to get here. People were... Uh, saying it's going to be tough uh, on Friday, because I tell you what, Quads, I think the reason why we were getting pretty hyped, like the, it's enough to hear JT Miller rumors and to hear all the rumors kind of popping up. We've heard that uh, for years, it feels like. But to actually see some trades start to happen around the NHL, that was wild. Obviously uh, reported by Frank Cervalli. Um Seeing that the Patrick Kane deal went through, seeing the return for that, I was like, ooh, that's... Uh... That's not great. Uh, not a great return. So, But just to see some of these big trades start to actually come to fruition and happen, uh, it has been um, good, I think. And for for Canucks fans that want to see something happen here, it's substantial. We've seen reports of that as well. So I guess kind of just holding out to see what happens here. Uh, but you mentioned it. You didn't want to bring it up, but I got the reverse standings here. Let's take a look at what last night did for the tank because I do love me some scoreboard watching. Uh, Let's see our reverse standings. Did I get them in the did I get them in the the work tape today? Yes, I did. Look at that. Vancouver Canucks uh, currently the sixth best odds at winning the number one pick and picking Connor Bedard in the draft. Anything notable here quads uh, that you want to dive into before we move on?
0: They gotta hope that they catch San Jose and Arizona, but those teams are gonna get worse at the deadline. That's the thing is, um, you know, not to get anybody's hopes up, but that's that's why people are hopeful of a JT Miller trade. You mm-hmm. look at what this team looks like. I mean, they just beat Dallas. Imagine if they had <laughs> JT Miller last night, right? Like, the, we we had this conversation about who's the second line center. Is it Stunico? Is it Drys? Is it Ratu? those aren't those aren't great second line centers right now and obviously frank reported that if the canucks do trade miller they would want to get a young center first so something to keep an eye on but again you look at it and just these teams are all going to get worse and the canucks need to catch at least one of the teams ahead of them
2: yeah would love to see them finish in the in the bottom five of the league uh anaheim hey three game win streak for anaheim canucks still what they got three more games against the ducks Maybe that's the team you want to sneak through, but very close, right? The Canucks are at fifty-three points. Arizona's at forty-nine. San Jose's at forty-eight. Chicago and Anaheim both at forty-seven. Columbus at forty-four. Here's the problem, though. It's Kuzmenko. It's Andre Kuzmenko. If you're on Team Tank, I mean, everybody loves Kuzmenko. It's hard to hate him, but he's it's slipping away. The, the Connor Bedard is slipping away. Let's get this thing up uh, here, Alex. Pull it up. The Kuzmenko slip is happening because he's been clutching up, scored all these goals, gets the overtime winner last night. You can see Connor Bedard slipping out of the grasp of the Vancouver Canucks and slipping out of the grasp of Andre Kuzmenko. It's uh, tough times. You've seen him slip away because of Kuzmenko's great hands, which is uh, a simile. I don't something like that. I don't want to cry over spilled milk or rehash
0: a conversation that we've had more than once. But you look at this and. Look, we all love Kuzmenko. Everybody loves Andre Kuzmenko. But don't forget that right before that extension was signed, we were talking about how important it was that the Canucks trade him, that they sell high and they get another first-round pick. Imagine this team right now without Kuzmenko and with another first-round pick. Imagine that. Like, the the mind wanders a little bit. But we do have an actual trade to talk about, Chris. Um, Let's talk about it. Uh, Josh Bloom, acquired by the Vancouver Canucks in a surprise trade.
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
2: No tank video coming up. Uh, Yeah, here we go. Josh Bloom, uh, player card built. uh, So they get this player for the exchange one for one. almost felt like Bob McKenzie seen the tweet last night. The trade was one for one. Riley Stillman completely off the books. No retained salary cap or anything uh, for this nineteen year old prospect, Josh Bloom. He's got fifty nine games played so far uh, in the OHL. He was traded earlier in the year. He was with Saginaw before. Now he's with uh, oh, he's with uh, the North Bay Battalion. They are they are a wagon of a team over there in the uh, in the OHL. Watch out for them. Hey, I've been from what I've heard. You watch the Battalion. They might be one of these teams that ends up uh, match up against Lisa's. Uh, Seattle Thunderbirds there in uh, the uh, what am I saying the Memorial Cup watch out Uh, so Bloom that would be great for him to get some sort of playoff run like that he's got 26 goals 32 assists Uh, he's been great I chatted with uh, with Austin Broad from the charging uh, Buffalo they do some prospect coverage there he was very high uh, on Bloom thinks that he's a top 10 talent in their system uh, and the type of player that looks like he has the type of skills that are going to translate well to a bottom six role in the NHL. He's a great penalty killer. I know uh, seven of his 30 goals last season came on while he was shorthanded. Uh, and he just does a lot of little things right. Like He's uh, he's not going to be a top six power forward guy. No, he's not. He's He might be the type of depth player that you like. But when I tell you what, to get a 19-year-old in the system, first of all, for Riley, like, how did that happen? What is, I don't get what a team is seeing in Riley Stillman. I, I can't believe this happened. The Canucks were just able to get a prospect of somewhat value in exchange for Riley Stillman. I can't believe it. People were point,
0: quick to point out that uh, Corey Stillman, Riley Stillman's dad, um, was an assist or alternate, excuse me, alternate captain uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes with Kevin Adams, uh, who is obviously the Buffalo Sabres general manager. That's all I'm gonna say. I, I, I don't know, Chris. I think that trade caught everybody off guard. Buffalo fans were pissed about it. Um and you know, they were saying stuff like, oh well, maybe he can, you know, find his game here. He can't be worse than this guy, and then they start looking at player cards and numbers and all that sort of stuff, and they say, Oh my gosh, he is worse than this guy. And look, I I <laughs> I guess the Canucks efforts to showcase him worked because look Riley Stillman played a lot under Rick Tockett for all the times we talked about Bruce Boudreaux putting Stillman in the lineup when it clearly wasn't working he played heavy minutes with the Canucks under Rick Tockett and he actually did okay like Riley Stillman actually has been decent the past two weeks I'm not gonna lie like he I've noticed him in a positive manner so um all the best to Riley Stillman I think this is a trade the Canucks simply couldn't pass up on and to close it out you you say whatever you want it, it it does soften the blow of giving up a second-round pick for Jason Dickinson, right? Cause, uh, or with Jason Dickinson, excuse me, to get out of his money. Because um, I think, you know, Jason Dickinson in a second-round pick, if you trade that to Chicago and you got Josh Bloom in return, I don't think you're too upset about that, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, that that's probably somewhat true. I think uh Bloom's interesting because he was one of those guys that missed their whole draft season because of uh COVID. They shut them down uh, in his draft year. He's same same kind of boat as Connor Lockhart. So hey, when you miss your full draft season and you're still selected in the top 100 of the draft, there's only 12 guys in the OHL uh that were taken in the first 3 rounds of that 2021 draft. Bloom was one of them. So you got to think that he's one of those top 12 guys out of the uh of the OHL in that draft year. And I mean, that's that's an impressive little spot to be in anyways and and tough to really scout these type of guys when they don't have a season, right? He wasn't playing in the OHL before that either. So a very interesting prospect here. Uh, somebody wanted to take a risk on him. So the Canucks are now going to uh, take that risk. He was just selected, right? Like last, uh, not this past draft, but the year before that. So uh, interesting one. And uh, to me, it's another one. It's another uh, another little win. Like uh, these trades that have happened with, uh, with Patrick Alvina at the helm, this one, we haven't been able to use this graphic in a long time because the Canucks aren't really getting uh, wins back to back, which is fine. I'll tell you what, wanted to use this graphic today, uh, DJ Khaled, another win for the Canucks here. I think this is a, a great trade through and through. I, I can't, uh, you know, I almost can't believe it. Like, I, I can't believe this is, uh, this was possible for Riley Stillman. I, I tell you this all the time. I, back when I used to be able to get to Abbotsford practices, you could tell at an Abbotsford practice which player moved the puck like an NHL or which player made passes like an NHL or received passes like an NHL or did all these things at an NHL level. And then you could be like, okay, he – should be up in the you know up in the NHL instead of playing in the HL. I felt the same way with Riley Stillman, just the opposite. I was like, okay, like fumbling pucks in practice, everything. So the Canucks to to get a player back that has somewhat value. I'm just like, I'm still just like shocked about it. So excited about Bloom. Uh, people are already asking where he ranks in the top ten prospects. What what do people expect here? Like uh, everyone with that to like is he the number one prospect? Ralph right the bat. I, I, we just found out the trade happened 20 minutes ago. I can't just like, I'm not gonna lie and make it up and stuff. I gotta, you gotta watch this kid play a little bit. I don't know what to tell people, uh, online on Twitter. Everybody in my replies yesterday. Where is he rank in the top 10? Dude, they just traded for him. I've seen a three minute clip where he scored every goal. Shout out to, uh, Cam Robinson, he's got a couple mentions. He might have to come on the show here pretty soon. Uh, but he had all, I don't know, it took him about 12 minutes. He had all of them up. I did, i just about got to uh, 20. I think I was at like 16 or 18 of the goals. And then Cam's got the video. I said, you know what, I'll just pack it in. So he beat me to that one. Doesn't happen often. Alexa Potak, she gets me a couple times on the 4 cell goals, but I beat her today. So let's dive into that right now. Odds and ends. Lucas 4 The dude cannot stop scoring and uh, he's going to be rewarded on Canucks combo later this week. Lucas Forsell stopped by, and we got him on the show. Excited for that. He scored his fourth goal in his last four games in the SHL. Uh, I got to get you the clip here because it was another nice one from Lucas Forsell. Uh, let's blow it up here. Uh, blow it up, Alex. Uh, what's going on here? Let's get the video. Here it is. Uh, Lucas Forsell goal in the SHL again. Look at where he is once again. He's right in front of the net. Boom. The, the guy scores goals from in the crease. Uh, just love to see if Lucas Forcell, like I said, four goals over his last four games, he's on a streak right now. That's 10 goals over his last 22 SHL games. No player under the age of 27 has more goals than him over that stretch of time. And uh, he he's in the, he's in the contention for player of the month for the month of February uh, in the SHL, which is damn impressive. Let's not forget this kid is still just 19 years old. He is a teenager. Doing what he's doing over there in the SHL, impressive stuff. Uh, I mentioned it, chatted with him this morning. Uh, hope to get him on the show later this week, if not next week. I know he's got a couple of busy things later on in the week, but uh, had a good chat with him today. Feeling confident, getting the minutes, excited for the playoffs. Are three and a half weeks away um, from the SHL playoffs, so Lucas Forsell rolling right now. And if you remember last year, he was a par- He was with Fargestad for their playoff run. But he had the uh, the injured wrist, so he wasn't able to play, but he got a chance to, to you know see how veterans operate as they went on to win an SHL championship in the playoffs. Uh, so good stuff. You got a good opportunity there. Uh, and like I said, 10 goals in the last 22 games. No player, no young player in the SHL is doing better than him right now. So very, uh, very impressive stuff from Lucas Forsell. So, you know, you, you fire up the tank, you get a couple more of these guys. It's good stuff over there, Lucas Forsell. Fire it up. There's the tank.
0: Okay, okay.
2: <laughs> okay, Alex is having okay. too much fun now. This
0: show is going off the rails. Alex is hitting every button on his board. Okay.
2: Alex's okay. computer's gonna Jeez. crash. He's got two different videos going. He's got the quad sleeper cam, he's got the rock music going in the way. I don't know what Alex is running over there, that computer, but uh, he's probably gonna need an extra fan on that thing.
0: Okay, I read the Blackfish report. I edited it. So there's more. You have more than just Forsell. Uh, Elias Pettersson with a big week.
2: Yeah, DPD. I chatted with him this morning too. He's doing good. He's feeling very confident about his game. Picked up another pair of assists for him. So listen, Forsell, he's got four goals over his last four. Elias Pettersson, DPD, he's got five assists over his last five. He's rolling. Asked him about his confidence. He says it's at, you know, at the best it's been this season. It's still growing, and I think that part of it growing is something that's helping him physically as well. Cause he's throwing the body, man. Like this is the thing that you like about DPD. There's a reason why he's our number one prospect. And now that I've even had some time to watch Atu, to I still like, I still think Elias Petterson might be the number one guy. Uh, just the way that I'm watching him develop as an 18 year old kid, what he's doing in the SHL. Uh, or I think he just turned 19. Uh, but DPD over there, like I said, five assists over his last five games. I had a good chat with him this morning. Uh, he's not coming on the show anytime soon, but, uh, but it was good to, to hear from him. The confidence is high. He's on a good team. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And these two guys just went up against each other just the other day, I think was it Monday or maybe Saturday, something. They just played against each other uh, for Cell and PD. So uh, good stuff from those two, uh, two prospects over there
0: yeah absolutely uh and you're gonna be i don't know if you want to announce this right now but i'll preemptively do it for you uh we're gonna be doing some video uh blackfish is coming back to the video so be sure to subscribe to the canucks army youtube channel as we race uh our foes over there at uh, leafs nation we are uh we're catching up i uh, we passed them didn't we you're on the where's YouTube. alex
2: alex what's going on on the youtubes
0: Alex, do we have an updated uh, updated ranking? We kind of put Alex on the spot there. Yeah, uh, but we want to get uh, 1,000 subscribers. If we get 1,000 subscribers, we can live stream uh, from that account instead of this Nation Network one, and, which uh, we share with the Leafs Nation. Yeah, if we
2: get 1,000, I can uh, stop eating Mr. Noodles every night because that's all I can afford. If we get 1,000, I heard I get to maybe have craft dinner uh, instead of uh, Mr. Noodles every night. It's so cheap I – the Nation Network, folks. They want to get us over on the Canucks Army, so they better figure it out. Thousand subscribers, uh, but yeah, we'll drop some videos there. Uh, the weekly Blackfish Report. Gonna try and do like a, I don't know how long it's gonna be. Might be a minute, might be three minutes. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, do something over there on the YouTube channel. But head over there if you're watching now. Subscribe, uh, Canucks Army. Yeah, I want to. Do, I just want to get the live show over there. I know everybody in the comment section feels the same way. We just got to get to a thousand. Uh, then the bosses, quads, and all the other guys over there, they to come together in their little circle. They meet once a month in the woods. Put on a bunch of masks, and then they'll they'll let us know we can do the live show over on that uh, YouTube account.
0: Okay, before we get to Betway, I quickly want to get this in, Chris. Uh, Like I said, recording this on Tuesday. On Wednesday night... Uh, We're hoping to get there. We'll see what happens with the trade market. But uh, the Surrey Eagles and the Coquitlam Express are going to be playing in Coquitlam. The Pond at Poirier, shout-out Express, uh, and obviously shout-out Eagles, because uh, we're going to talk about Wigs for Kids BC. But uh, you and I are hoping to get to that game. Uh, Wyatt as well. So, folks, if you're looking for some good hockey... Uh, come on out to Poirier you might, get to, uh, you might get to see Faber and I if we end up going I think we're gonna go uh, but Wednesday night uh, at Poirier and Coquitlam beautiful little facility there you should definitely head over um, Surrey Eagles versus Coquitlam Express but we want to talk about Wigs for Kids as you've heard us talk about before folks the BCHL Surrey Eagles are proud to be partnered with Wigs for Kids BC and the BC Children's Hospital Foundation Wigs for Kids BC provides funding to cover the cost of custom-made human hair wigs for children and teens at BC Children's Hospital who have suffered hair loss due to cancer treatment or other serious illnesses. Donations to Wigs for Kids BC also help families pay for medications and feeding supplies that are essential for treatment, but not covered by their medical plan. When a child has a serious illness, it takes an enormous toll on the entire family, both emotionally and financially. The assistance that Wigs for Kids BC provides makes the family's burden a little lighter so that they can focus more of their time and energy where it should be on caring for their sick child. The Eagles play-by-play broadcaster, Get It Up Alex and our pal, Joey Pitt, who's got one heck of a head of hair that he's hit Chris in the face with on multiple occasions, is trying to raise $15,000 for Wigs for Kids BC this year, culminating in him shaving his head at the end of the season and donating it to be made into a wig For a lucky kid in the province. Be sure to check out Wigs for Kids BC. The BCHL season is over soon. So time is running out. So if you haven't already folks. Please consider donating uh, Wigs for Kids BC. And come on out to the uh, Express and Eagles game. Chris I think you and I. We'll talk about it off air. But I think you and I should have a friendly wager. uh, On this game tomorrow. uh, With the Eagles and Express. Might have to get Wyatt in on it. Which is why I say we'll talk about it off air. But I think we'll do that. Loser, uh, probably both people will end up donating, but uh, maybe maybe the uh, loser doubles their donation to Wigs for
2: Kids BC. Yeah, you betcha. I got. Uh, I'm rolling with the Eagles. You know, my Eagles, my team. There, the Nanaimo Clippers. We're we're not in the uh, we're not in good books right now. Uh, me and the Clippers, <laughs> they know why. Uh, but uh, aside from that, yeah, hopefully we can get out to that game. That'll be a little bit of fun tomorrow. Uh, will be interesting, man. I, I'm like, it, it's been a weird kind of run up to the trade deadline. And I'm curious to see how busy the next, not necessarily three days are, but I'm curious to see what the next kind of 24 hours holds, right? Like from here on out, I I do think that, you know, seeing the, the domino of Patrick Kane be traded fall, you know, pretty early in the week on the Tuesday here, I think really sets up teams to say, okay, this is what the Rangers have done. This is what we should do. I I just think the pressure point now is really on. We've already seen a trade come down while we've been doing the show here uh, with the the Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring a first-round pick in exchange for Rasmus Sandin. So, like, we've seen a lot of stuff pop off today. Like, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Uh, And the reports, it sounds like JT Miller on Wednesday because of cap reasons. So we'll have to see what happens there. I'm just very curious. I think the floodgates are starting to open um, and it, it might be a slow Friday, right? Like things might get done here, I think, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of getting you into the weekend here. And, oh, man, it's just – if the Canucks end up actually executing a JT Miller deal, I I really love love the direction of the organization from that move. I mean, it really is a step towards rebuilding, retooling. I don't care what you want to call it. It, it is just – to me, it's a, it's a great – view of the future of this team and an actual direction that we just have not felt like we've received from the organization over the past few years, that 1000% screams direction. And when you kind of combine it with some of the other moves they've made this year, like it it trends with them, right? Like it it trends with trading Bo Horvat. It trends with, you know, trading Riley Stillman. It trends with, you know, a lot of other things that this team has done to kind of build some younger players up, whether it be the Ethan bear trade or, you know, Getting a guy like Jack Studnika, even, and having him hop in your lineup, like it just it tracks with a lot of the same direction. I think that's something we've wanted for a long time: is for the actual direction to be consistent with this team. And trading J T. Miller before the deadline here would, in my eyes, track with the consistency of this team over the last little bit.
0: Okay, before we get to Betway and wrap up the show here, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot, so I'll answer it first as I usually do. Do the Canucks make more than two trades from now until Friday? Recording this on Tuesday. They've already traded Riley Stillman and Josh Bloom. That's not included. Do they make more than two trades uh, at uh, ahead of the deadline?
2: Yeah. Um, two trades. So I think uh, Luke Shen you can automatically say. So I think that's it. So you're wondering if they make one more. Well, like, What do you do? Do you set the over at one and a half or two and a half? Two and a half. So they have to make three trades. Um, sure. Yeah. I don't think they make three. I do think they make two trades it would be uh is my word of the day. I'm not even going to try it, but it means rebellious. I was trying to fit it in there. That didn't work out well, uh, but uh, it would be rebellious. Like I said, the other word, I'm not trying to say that thing one more time. That's uh, ooh, I tried using the, what's the, the, how do you say it? Fanatical. Is that how you say it? The way that it's written out and it's supposed supposed to sound the way that it's written out, right? That's what it's called or something. Phonetics. Phonetics. All right. Maybe we should just wrap the show up. Um, Yeah. Phonetically. I think uh, think there's going to be more than the Luke Shen. I do. I think there's going to be two. Um, I don't know. Man. I just. If they ended up moving JT Miller, I think a lot of Canucks fans would be very excited about the future a lot more than they're feeling right now about the future. And I think that's something that Canucks fans should try and be latching on to, right? Cause they're not winning in the here and now you got to latch onto the future. And I do think that moving JT Miller is better for the future. I just, that's how I feel on the situation. I think it's three. And a reason I
0: think that is because we just saw Riley Stillman yesterday. This team doesn't let a lot of stuff get out. Uh, and when it does, it's usually pretty prescribed. So um I'll, I'll say three, I'll say there's three. I think we see Shen, I think we see a deal with Pittsburgh, whether that be a Brock Besser or a JT Miller. I don't think it's gonna be both. Um, and obviously, as we showed earlier in the show, Frank Saravelli saying that it's unlikely to happen. But I think one of those, so there's the Pittsburgh trade, a Shen trade, uh, and then I think there's a surprise one. Like, I think it yeah. could be even someone like Dakota Joshua that a playoff yeah. team's looking at and just wants to shore up their bottom six. Like, I know for a fact, and I'm not reporting that he's on the trade block or anything like that. But I know for a fact that in a lot of teams' pro-scouting meetings, they looked at the Canucks roster and said, this guy's bad, this guy's bad, this guy's bad, not worth trading for, not worth trading for. And then they said, we like Dakota Joshua. Dakota Joshua is just liked around the league. Yeah. There are multiple, multiple teams that really like Dakota Joshua.
2: Lastly, about uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, you look over their last 10 games, they're 5-5, five and five, uh, just barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth to a second wildcard spot. That's, you know, the other thing was Ron Hextall mentioned, uh, and I do have the quote here. Uh, Ron Hextall said Friday that the Penguins would only give up a premium future asset in a deal if it was for an impact player who was signed beyond this season. You looking to make a big shakeup down of a big move here? You're the second wildcard team in the East. I don't know, man. It's just there's so much that lines up for it to be actually possible. I mean, that's that's Miller's hometown team. The Pittsburgh Penguins, like man, I don't know. This one's got a lot of smoke, and it takes a lot of fire to make a lot of smoke, bud. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I no disagreement there. Where there's smoke, sometimes there's fire, and that's what it feels like right now with the Vancouver Canucks. Okay, Betway,
2: get us out of here. Let's go, Betway, uh, Betway, Betway, Betway. We got our bets of the day here. Uh, what are we talking about? We got, we got. Uh, The Boston Bruins facing off against the Calgary Flames. Uh, I got one of those either ors. Nazem Kadri or Tyler Toffoli to score a goal in tonight's game. Minus 150 on the odds. $10 bet's going to return you 16.66 over on Betway. Betway, Betway, and our second one, normally I say the big one. This is not actually that much bigger. This just feels pretty good. Over 6.5 total goals and a point from David Pasternak at plus 137. $10 $10 bet, that's going to return you $23.75. If Quads were to hit on that bet, he'd be down at uh, Toys R Us picking up the cheapest Lego set possible. He's picking up uh, the goldfish in uh, in the bowl, twenty three seventy five. uh Toys R Us. That's uh, Those are our bets of the day.
0: All right, we'll wrap it up there. Who knows what's going to happen when we're back tomorrow, folks, but we will be back tomorrow, and we'll be here all week leading up to Friday's trade deadline. Yeah, like also- I said,
2: we'll wrap it up there. We, if something does happen, we will be emergency show. We got to get, uh, t- like, once the deal happens, I'm giving it 30 minutes from the, when it's broken for us to be with the podcast. I, I don't know if we're going to be live here, or if we're going to do on the podcast. But if something does happen big, just know, just people know out there that emergency podcast is on deck. It's ready to go. Uh, we're not messing around. So we'll see what happens. The Leafs did another thing, Commander Vander says uh, in the chat as well. So things are really starting to uh, heat up here. Things are moving. That is. We might be back later Engvall tonight to the Islanders. Yeah, Pierre Engvall to the Islanders. Pure Tell Engvall you what, to the Islanders. We might yeah. be. Uh, we might be back tonight. We'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, for now, a little bit of a strange episode with everything. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of smoke in the air, storm clouds in the sky, the winds are a blowing, the tanks <laughs> are a rolling, the snow's falling, and maybe we'll see a huge monumental trade. Did I use that word right? I don't think so. All right, that's it for me. I'm, I think I've I have shown how stupid I am on this episode. So I've tried my best. I've tried my best. I'll put the mic down now.
0: Okay, are you done? Okay, perfect. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, my name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.
2: Let's go! Ride the check!
1: Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
2: How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?